Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Nothing But Locks. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing, Robert? And now that we've begun this show, Ali, I'm doing great. Thanks yeah. so much for tuning in. This is going to be a real fun Sunday. I, I can't wait to go over these games with everybody. Yeah, I was excited last night. I did have Detroit minus two and a half. It seemed like it was over at halftime. Green Bay made a little bit of noise, but never was I worried that they were going to come back. So quickly, Robert, though, let's recap week three. What were some of the betting trends to talk about? Yeah, you know, obviously there was at some point we knew that we were going to have some kind of a correction in terms of the heavy, heavy load of dogs that we're covering on a regular basis. And so and we finally did see that in week number three favorites. 10 and five straight up nine, five and one against the spread without one pick them, uh, which was the chargers Vikings game home teams went uh, nine and seven straight up nine, six and one against the spread unders led uh, on the season. Um, it's basically 12, uh, 28 and 18 straight up with uh, two picks uh, last week, of course, 11 and five. So many of them did go under that total. I think you actually saw that trigger uh, just before the week was coming. An awful lot of people that were betting on the Zen sports platform uh, found their way to the unders and uh, they all ended up picking up, you know, quite a little chunk per the game. Uh, but ultimately what we did on for the dogs are still leading uh, on the season uh, against the spread 22, 20 and four pushes. Uh, road teams, uh, 26 and 22 straight up, but 26, 18 and four against the spread. Um, wow, yeah. wow, yeah, tough, tough week if you are betting nothing but dogs, like you and I which, do, yeah, which I do. <laughs> I actually didn't wind up too bad, I stayed at 500, I was eight and eight against the spread. So, obviously, I always try to finish over 500, but I never want to finish under 500. But, like you said, there was a lot of favorites covering, I'm not a favorite better. But that means this week should be a good one for the underdogs. And we did have a favorite cover on Thursday night. So we'll see what comes next. But Robert, let's start breaking down probably the most anticipated game for Sunday. And that's the Dolphins versus the Bills. What are we looking at odds wise here? This one uh, happily hasn't really moved much from a betting perspective here at Zen Sports. We opened it up three and Allie, it still is three. Buffalo the favorite with a total moving down actually opening up at about 55 and a half it's now 53 and a half alley and i love buffalo right here i know everyone's jumping on miami they're the hot team they're three and oh they have just pulverized their competition 70 points against denver i could not believe that i i felt foolish that i had denver plus <laughs> six and a half in that game <laughs> yeah it's not too good there but they haven't played a good defense yet, Robert. Yes, we thought the Chargers would have a good defense. But if you look at their last three games or first three games of the season, the Chargers have not had a good defense. I don't know what is going on with that front seven. They have some injuries in the secondary. So it, it looks like that the Dolphins have really skated away by playing bad defenses. And I mean, oh, let me take that back. The Patriots have a very good defense. But if you look at that game, that was the game they scored the least amount of points. Denver does not have a good defense. The Bills do have a good defense. And I think that the Bills being at home will at least hold them up. I think that they cover right here, 
I think they're the more experienced team. And I think they finally put Miami people that are backing them to go to the Super Bowl. They quiet them down and the bills come out and say, we're still Kings of the AFC East. So I'm going with Buffalo to cover right here. How about you? I like the pick there. And I'm beginning to wonder if my theory might be off. Obviously, Allen has had great success, uh, you know, playing the Dolphins, especially at home. I I think he only has two losses in his career uh, with, with many, many in a row on the victorious side. But, Allie, there's something really strange and, and unusual about this Miami Dolphins team that's been created. They're, it's as if they, I, I really think offensively they're going to break the NFL. I mean, the speed that they have on right. you know, both sides of the ball, whether it's Waddle or Hill, I, I think like when he, when Hill is like five yards out from the line of scrimmage after the ball snapped, he's already at like sixteen miles an hour, and then once he's past the the hashes, it's it's literally like he's coming in at nineteen miles an hour. So the speed between Mostert, Waddle, Hill, and a chain, it it's I, I don't know how they can keep up, and maybe this is the next version of what the NFL is going to be because I mean if you look at how they're playing football and like the team that they played the Denver Broncos play football it's two completely different games yes if if Miami comes into Buffalo with a victory and 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 like wins convincingly not like a squeaker at the end it's going to be very tough for me to get swayed off of the fact that they're probably going to go and play not only in the AFC championship game, I really think Miami's going to go to the Super Bowl. Wow. Well, one thing is for sure, we saw it in week one when they played the Chargers and they played a very explosive offense that is the LA Chargers. Their defense can still give up a lot of points. That is their Achilles heel is the defense. They can get away with it against Mac Jones and the Patriots. They can get away with it against Denver, who just has been terrible since Russell Wilson got there. I don't think they can get away with it against Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the rest of the Bills offense. I think that this is the one time that they're not going to, their offense won't be able to keep up. What do you think? This is really where we're going to draw the line. I'm going to go ahead and, and just for, for the record for our show, I'll take the plus here. I'm going to take the, pl- the plus points with Miami. I really want to see them proven wrong, but I think that their offense is is of a different generation that no one's really ever seen put together like this uh i don't think that anyone can match them up with the speed that they have and i don't know that there's going to be anyone that can figure it out in time before they need to catch up with their own caliber of speed uh so it's it's a very difficult one for me to call i definitely think you're absolutely right this is going to be the game of the weekend um i will take miami in the points here I'm going with the over on this one, too. And everyone does know I am an underdog and an under better. And I'm going the opposite in this game. (laughs) Fifty three and a half points, Robert. I don't think I I was actually shocked. It was it was that I would would have thought more about like the 58 range. But Buffalo still does have a good defense. So let's not let's not throw that out. That's right. So I'm I'm going to lead over, though. Anyway, how about you? Uh, Over for me, for sure. Uh, Again, I just think with the with the way their offenses are playing. I really don't think that there's going to be any, really any kind of resistance resistance at all uh, coming from the Buffalo side. I like the over here as well. All right, let's move on to the home team, and that is the Titans. They're back in Nashville this weekend, taking on the struggling Bengals. Though the Bengals did manage to get a win the other night. Robert, what are we looking at for odds here? 
Now, on this game, this is one where I really had to lay a little bit of of a delay because I really wasn't we really, really, really too confident in whether or not we saw the correct burrow here or not. Uh, open it up pick. Uh, and then finally got it pushed up into where we are right now, Allie. Two and a half in the total 41. I'll say one thing, and my fantasy team will speak for it because he's on the bench now for two, actually. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow's not 100%, and it's clear in his play. He's just – he's off. He's not as accurate. This is not an explosive Bengals team that we've seen that has gone to the Super Bowl two years ago that fought the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game this past year. There's something wrong with Joe Burrow and he's the leader of the team and he just can't seem to write it. Now the Titans, I had picked the Browns to cover and beat them last week. The Browns actually looked very good, but they were going, the Titans were going against a very, very underrated Browns defense that I think is a top five defense in the league. Ryan Tannehill obviously struggled, but this is a different week. And this Bengals defense, they lost a lot of key guys in the offseason. Jesse Bates being one of them. I think he, I believe he went to uh, the Falcons, but this, this Cincinnati defense is not nearly as good as the Browns defenses last week. So being at home, Joe Burrow, not being a hundred percent, I'm going to go with the Titans here. How about you? That's actually a very good angle. Uh, I, I want to go against it, but I can't. And actually, if there was one little addition I could make to that, if this is going to be one of those Derek Henry weeks, then this this might be it right here. Uh, and I think they're going to need every single inch of it. So we'll probably see an awful lot of carries uh, from Henry. And I think that that's where the key to their victory is going to be. So uh, home team for me as well here, Ali, uh, plus the two and a half. And I do like under the 41 total points. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally with the under two. Like you said, I think we're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry running in this. But let me ask you something about the Titans, Robert. What about Ryan Tannehill? If he does struggle again, how long is it before the fans call for Will Levis to get a try in the NFL? What do you think? Allie, I'm calling for it now. What's yeah. the use? <laughs> right. What's the honestly, what is the use of, of it? There's no more, you know, if if he's going to have the reins to this franchise, start now. You know, it, it's there's no real reason to, you know, give him any time you know without any meaningful snaps so I, I, I don't know at one and two if i'm the general manager of the titans i i'd probably look to ask the coach to make a quarterback change immediately. i mean you look at Tannehill week one against the saints he has three interceptions he did pretty good against the chargers the browns he, robert he only had 104 passing yards the guy is 35 years old. He's not taking you to a Super Bowl. We know what Ryan Tannehill was, I should say, and he's not even he's not in his prime anymore. So I'm with you. I don't understand why Will Levis isn't start. Actually, this is a good game for him to start. Let him start at home. Let him start against a struggling Cincinnati Bengals right. squad. This should be the game that he's starting. And it doesn't trade Ryan Tannehill to the, the Jets or something. Release him. But Robert, you drafted two quarterbacks the past two seasons. Maybe, we, yes, we saw what Malik Willis, Willis was last year, and he was not that good, but you drafted another quarterback. So I agree with you. It's time to start Will Levis. He was supposed to be, let's not forget, he was supposed to be a top five draft pick, 
and you got him in the second round. Why is he on your bench? Can you explain that, Robert? <laughs> no, I can't. That's exactly the the argument that both of us are clamoring for right now. Uh, it's 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 and it's actually really. I, I really don't see any purpose of having Ryan Tannehill as a starter any longer. At least in Tennessee, you're absolutely right. Uh, give the kid a chance. You drafted him for a reason. Um, let him start. Let him start. Every other franchise that drafted a, a quarterback. Well, everyone that drafted a quarterback in the first round, they're pretty much starting them. We, you know, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, you you have to figure out if you've got a quarterback because that's where you, that's where the offense always starts. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely something that you need to consider. If they don't win this week, Tennessee, I, I'd be shocked to see Tannehill uh, as a quarterback for Tennessee ever again. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when Robert and I come back, we got more games to analyze. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. Robert and I are here talking NFL for you on this beautiful Sunday. Robert, let's get right into it with the next game. This one I'm actually very excited to see. These two teams hate each other, division rivals. I think that we were just talking about the Bengals. I think that division is so fun to watch. We got the Ravens and the Browns. Again, I said I was a believer in the Browns in the offseason. I like the moves they made, getting Elijah Moore from the Jets. I really thought Deshaun Watson was going to take the next step. He didn't do well his first two games of the season, but he looked to be getting back to normal last week. He had a very good game against the Titans. Robert, what are we looking at for the Ravens and Browns odds-wise here? No, all week. And actually, it really started to set you know, back on Friday when the line really dipped. Uh, Cleveland made their way all the way up to a three-point favorite hosting Baltimore. And Baltimore was the team that was really hurt. They, they still aren't at 100% right. with all of their starters. But Deshaun Watson, who had a pretty significant shoulder injury, uh, brought that number in some places all the way down to pick. Uh, you know, we, we got down as low as one, uh, before settling where we're at right now. And honestly, I still don't know, Allie, if he's going to be a hundred percent. So with that said, um, you know, a low total 39 and a half, one and a half is the spread right now is the favorite for the Cleveland Browns this morning. I, I love the Browns right here. This is, this is one of my favorite picks of the week. I know people, I, I, I think people are still doubting the Browns because, they're the Browns in history, but you're right, Robert, the Ravens are severely banged up. We just saw them lose to an Indianapolis Colts squad. Lamar Jackson just can't seem to get it done through the air as receivers going down. Beckham didn't play last game. No, he's forced to run. And the worst thing you can do against this Cleveland Browns front seven, Robert is run miles Garrett leading the way. I think, I think Lamar Jackson's going to struggle mightily in this game and he's going to be forced to throw. And when you force him to throw, that's where the errors get made. So I'm all over the Browns in this one. How about you? Very, very low point spread in, in a game that I thought that they would come in a, a far larger. And again, injuries are everything, right? It, it, honestly, if if Watson doesn't look good in warmups and they actually do decide to go with their backup, which, by the way, Dorian Thompson Robinson of UCLA was drafted. He's the starter. Uh, and, and him throwing to Cooper and Moore... I would not be confident in. However, if if we know that we've got Watson 100% when we're about to go see them live, uh, I think that they'll do very well. Uh, and I think that they'll get the win and the cover. That's the big question is, you know, how does Watson look? Uh, you know, definitely it's, you know, we, we know from uh, his waist down, he's going to be, you know, in top shape. It's that shoulder problem that he has. 
Uh, and, and that's what I'm going to be looking for in warmups. We get the good, you know, double check mark that he's healthy. You're absolutely right, Ali. I feel very, very confident that Cleveland does pick up the win and the cover. When do people start talking about Cleveland as a legitimate team if they beat the Ravens, Robert? Because I've listened all week to sports talk and everything. And yeah, that was a nice win against the Titans, they say. And actually, they should be 3-0. and They should have beat the Steelers that Monday night game. But we all know what happened there. Right. When do people start looking at Cleveland? Because I don't think people realize how good that defense is. What do you think? You're absolutely right. They are they are a fantastic, really, really good set. Uh, Ali, you don't have to look any further than their point differential. Uh, 73 uh, points for against, 32 against. Uh, one of the highest differentials in the league. And honestly, uh, in an AFC North that right now is anything but set, uh, they can win this division. Uh, and and with a win against the Baltimore Ravens uh, here as a division game, they can take control of the AFC North. And that is something that they haven't said in many, many years. Right. I remember being on Tony Basilio's show. I want to say it was the beginning of August and I brought up the Browns and I said, don't sleep on them. They could win the division. I was pretty much laughed off the show. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) No, but you always have these teams that no one talks about and they come up. I'm one that when I make my preseason picks to who wins divisions, I don't just go with the chalk with all the teams that won it last year. I really look at the offseason or teams that seem to be trending in the right direction. And the problem with Cleveland was they were just in an array of controversy last year with Deshaun Watson coming back after his suspension. So it was like everyone was talking about them, all eyes were on them. Now it would, they had a quiet offseason. And and look, they're two and one should be three, should be three and oh. I, I think legit this team can win the, the AFC North. I I would not be surprised. If they do, I, I don't think Pittsburgh, like I said, I don't think Pittsburgh's for real. Cincinnati has a ton of problems with injuries. And I just never look at the Ravens as being able to stay healthy. So I think this is Cleveland's division actually to lose. Am I too crazy for that? No, no, Ali, absolutely not. And it'll to our listeners. And again, thanks so much for, for, you know, sharing a part of your morning with us. I just so you guys know, Ali, like when I, I I like to basically set the table, right? And I say, here's what we have. Here's our Sunday brunch. Here's what you can choose from. And Allie just picks some of, sometimes she makes a plate that you don't expect someone to make and it doesn't look right. And then it ends up becoming like this perfect, perfect bite. And <laughs> too many analogies there. Uh, you always oh, happen to find, you happen to always just find these picks that just don't make sense on paper. And like, like, you know, Tampa, like I know it's, it's still three games in, but the Tampa bucks, you chose them that, that you thought they were going to be successful. Now, look, you know, the game against Philly, no, no one's going to look oh. you know a hundred percent against the Eagles, but they're two and one uh, in, in an NFC South that everyone kind of had wrapped up between either new Orleans or Atlanta. Uh, we'll, we'll get to those later, but you, yeah, you, you have this knack for just finding, you know, is something that just might be buried just a couple of inches underneath the dirt. And you're like, wait, no, this doesn't belong here. This actually belongs top shelf. That's like every year you find one of those. I think me calling UConn was going to win the national championship back in <laughs> January when they were during, during their losing streak. I think that was my most bold one there. So <laughs> frame that. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's move on. Robert. Ooh, this one could get a little ugly. Chiefs and Jets, New York fans wondering why Zach Wilson is still the starting quarterback, as am I. 
but he is starting against the Chiefs this weekend in the Meadowlands. Robert, what are we looking at the spread here? Yeah, I thought it'd go a lot higher, and I don't know if this is just a, a weather-influenced move, but we opened up the Chiefs as a nine-point favorite uh, playing in New York. It got all the way up to nine and a half, uh, and it looks like that's where the ceiling was, as here we are on Sunday. Eight and a half, total 41 and a half. So this game, I keep going back and forth with. I kind of ate my words last week when I said, no, you know, the Chiefs don't really blow people out. And then what they do, they completely annihilated the Bears. Playing an arrowhead, though, is a little different for the Chiefs because I feel like they feed off the crowd better than anyone. And now you come into a rain. I think the forecast does call for rain in in the Meadowlands. I don't know, Robert. The Jets still have a solid defense. You can't argue with that. And there's one thing, too, about the rain where it kind of forces you to go to the running game. And I think after we saw from what Zach Wilson did last week, they are going to go to the run game more between Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. I would just, I'm holding my nose. I would not bet it, but for pick on purposes, I would definitely pick, I don't want to say definitely, but I would pick the Jets to cover. I think that there's some way they're going to get a backdoor cover here and there. Something weird's going to happen. By, by no means do I think that the Jets are going to, uh, pull off the offset upset. That is just ridiculous. Maybe Mark should have saved his chiefs uh, survivor <laughs> for, for this matchup, but I don't like it, Robert. I like the under better, but I will side with the jets on this one. How about you? Yeah. Funny that you see you, we, we look at the same, uh, the, the same painting in a different way. I, I looked at Kansas city and said, you know, this is, this is a prime spot for anyone that does enjoy a, a survivor pool or heck just a money line play. Uh, you know, this, this is one that I probably feel most comfortable with uh, maybe outside of the San Francisco 49ers, but it, it look it, the jets again, they've got all of the great pieces surrounding themselves defensively and offensively, except where it matters most mm-hmm. the quarterback. Right. And that's where everything falls to pieces because they're going to have no efficiency they're not going to have uh, prolonged drives, you know, as much. And you're right. I mean, the, the Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, you would think that each of them would be on pace for 1,500 yards by this point, but they're not. Uh, a reason for that because they can't get the running, the, the passing game going. So with that, I could sense an awful lot of three and outs. You do a three and out several times against Kansas City. It, it's it's going to stand to be a, a double digit loss. So uh, for me, I think Kansas City wins. And if they win, they cover. Yeah, this one, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I I could see Kansas City blowing him out by 20. I could see the Jets somehow doing a backdoor cover. Heck, I could see Zach Wilson getting benched in the second quarter. So <laughs> this game is is just one I want to see just because I want to I want to see fireworks and all this like controversy, but yes. agree with you. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back, everyone. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. I'm Ali Melnicki with Robert Kowalski. Robert, let's get right into it. This one, obviously, I like my underdogs, so I'm going to wait to to till Robert says the odds. But Patriots and Cowboys, what are we looking at here? Yeah, you would think that this is a, a matchup that wouldn't really be as wide as you would think. But uh, we did open up Dallas uh, as a seven-point favorite. That was a, an immediate ceiling uh and it got bet down to six and a half and to the point where we are this morning as the dallas cowboys a six point favorite and the total 43 and a half 
this one, if I have to pick a lock, this is my lock of the week. I love the Patriots in this situation. Dallas, everyone saw what they did against the Giants opening weekend, and they thought Dallas were Super Bowl contenders. Dallas just lost to a team that's tanking to get Caleb Williams last week, Robert. <laughs> Dak Prescott does not look like a team leader. So I love the Patriots right here. Again, I think they have an underrated defense. I think they have an efficient offense. I don't know if they pull off the upset. I don't know. I think they can, though, because Bill Belichick, he knows how to – he's a far superior coach than Mike McCarthy. But either way, I think he does enough that he, that the Patriots cover here. How about you? This falls deep into my wheelhouse as far as chaos theory is concerned, uh, because of course season begins, uh, and, and you know Dallas puts a, a a waxing on the Giants. The the following week, the Giants win uh, by a field goal over Arizona, and then of course what happens in week three? Of course Arizona beats Dallas because why shouldn't they? <laughs> so look, if if that's the case, and the, the, we we just see literally. Anything can happen on any given Sunday when you actually see what the strengths and weaknesses are of both of these teams. Yeah, New England's got a really, really stout defense, especially against the run. Tony Pollard, uh, like it or not, a, a lot of the offense kind of circles around him. The more successful he is, uh, the better a chance of, of Dak Prescott connecting with CeeDee Lamb uh, and Michael Gallup, if need be, from just rollouts. Well, I really think that this game stays very, very close. Uh, I, I want to go against you here, but I could definitely see this being a field goal game. Uh, this one's a gimme for me this morning at uh, at six points for me, Allie, as well. Let's let's talk about the Patriots, too, because, yes, they're one and two, but they hung right in there with the Philadelphia Eagles. They hung right in there with the Miami Dolphins, Robert. That was those are two one score games that they could have definitely won. Yep. I, I I really think they can upset the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are overrated. I don't think that they are nearly as good as their record is. I think Dak throws multiple interceptions in this one. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots right here. This is one of my favorite picks. Anything else on your end? No, no, I think you're right. I I wish that they had a little bit more mobility from Mac Jones, but we know what kind of quarterback he is, and that kind of was the the springboard to the Cardinals' success outside of – uh, you know, Cook's incredible run. I mean, really, that's how, exactly how they were beat. They just got, you know, flushed down the middle from the running attack. And if New England continues uh, that playbook, uh, you know, Dallas could definitely be ripe for an upset here as well. I agree with you. All right, let's move on to the last game that we're going to highlight before our rapid fire round. And it's our team, Robert, the Giants, playing the Seahawks this week in the Meadowlands on Monday night. What are we looking at for the spread here? <laughs> Still plenty of time to bet this one on the Zen Sports platform, Ali, but you're right. This one's been topsy-turvy all week from the moment we opened it. Giants opened up the point favorite, uh, went to pick, and now we're looking at the Seahawks as a one-point favorite. Total, 47. Okay, I'm not just saying this because I am obviously a New York Giants fan, but I do like us in this situation right here. I think that the Seahawks are overrated. They beat two bad teams. Well, no, they beat one bad team. The Lions were good, but the Lions, they did lose a few starters during the game. I think they bounced back this week. I think that the, the Giants have had, what, 10, 11 days to really sit on that loss to San Francisco. I think the defense plays better. I think they contain Geno. I think Daniel Jones has a better game, whether or not Saquon Barkley plays. But I'm going with the G-men. How about you? Yeah, to catch catch points at home definitely is something 
that I'd be interested in as well. Plenty of prep time to know what you're going to be up against. Uh, you're really going to have to just concentrate on making sure that Geno Smith's contained inside the pocket. Uh, don't let Kenneth Walker get any kind of really huge chunk plays. They can keep this one very, very close and then uh, win like the Giants always do. Uh, you, you know what you're going to be up against. It's it's going to be basically Smith, you know, targeting, you know, Lockett and then you know, DK Metcalf. And it's if you can actually shut down one of those two, you're going to have a successful day. And uh, I, I think that's exactly what the Giants game plan is going to be. Don't know. I, I, honestly, if if we do see Saquon Barkley tomorrow, I think it's going to be a mistake. Uh, I, I just don't think he's going to be ready at all. Uh, but Breed has been good. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and cap him at that, and I think it'll be just enough for the Giants to get the victory. What a, One thing that I keep hearing, and I hate hearing it because I'm a big defender of Daniel Jones, and you heard it all after the 49ers game, was that why did we sign him to the contract we did? Robert, the guy had half a second to get rid of the ball on every single play. I mean, our offensive line is atrocious right now with Andrew Thomas injured and Evan Neal still seems to be a bust. What do you explain? What do you explain? Like, what are you seeing from Jones? Because what I saw, I know it was against Arizona, Arizona, but what I saw from Jones in that second half was why we gave him that contract. And I just still think, yes, we got him Darren Waller, but we're still not setting him up for success. He has no time with the ball. What are you seeing, Robert? That's exactly right. And then here I am harping about how, you know, if, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team. Uh, well, even if you have a quarterback, sometimes you don't have a team. And and this is one of those examples showing you just that. Uh, and I, I really don't like bringing up them as an example because they're in division for us. But the Eagles have it figured out, right? They've, they've got the quarterback. At a, at a rookie contract, they have the best offensive, eh, let's see, top three offensive line in the league. Um, the the NFL's making rule changes off of uh, game plays that they've created, uh, and there's nothing you could do to stop them right now. It's The offensive line is something that absolutely is required for him. Yeah, you're right. I don't think Jones has more than th- three seconds to take a step and find his target most plays. Uh, it, it's really tough because it, it's not going to help him at all, especially without Saquon Barkley to help loosen the load off of him. It, it really is. And, you know, our, yes, Matt Breida is a decent running back, but that game against San Francisco wasn't even just bad on the offensive side. I was so embarrassed how our defense played. It, Robert, it was missed tackle after missed tackle after missed tackle every single play, third and 15, third and 11. This defense, I'm like, what happened to us? I thought we got better with with in the offseason. What are you seeing on the defense? What has changed? I actually think that there's still they're not as bad, I think, as it seems. Obviously, when you when you saw the collapse against Dallas, that's when you start to say, okay, there's this team is useless and there's nothing that could be done to stop it. But it was it's probably more a combination of not having really the speed to keep up with what's coming at you. You're, you've played some uh, Super Bowl caliber teams this season so far, and, and it hasn't been easy at all to keep up with where this league is headed, right? You've got so many uh, athletes there that are just, you don't know where they're going to line up. You don't know uh, you know how they're going to attack at you. Like I'll just take it to the San Francisco game, right? And look, they did their best to keep up with them, but in the end, it's just... It, it's too much from 
forget about just standard offense that you're looking at. It's just the gimmick plays that they were susceptible to. And honestly, Ali, once you got past your first four, uh, the linebackers were chasing. And, and that's exactly what the problem is right now. I just think it's it's just not being able to handle some of the really gimmicky, complex offenses that they've played so far this year. That's why San Francisco and Philadelphia are at the top of the leaderboard right now uh, on, on the future polls here at Zen Sports. One thing, too, I, I just want to point out, who made our schedule? How are you giving us? <laughs> Look at the next two weeks, Robert. Miami and Buffalo. Who who made our, who decided to give us like one of the hardest schedules in the league? <laughs> Can you explain that? That's that's what I said in May uh, when when that schedule came out. I said this is impossible. There, I I I literally said there is no no way that this team makes the playoffs. And you have to come up with a season win total. But it, this was the most ridiculous lopsided uneven schedule that I've seen in my life given to a team that really, yeah. Okay, great. You made the playoffs, but you know, you got, you know, trounced after beating Minnesota. So I, I, I didn't see why they had to get a, a strength of schedule. That was that, that bad. I don't know. It was, it didn't make sense at all. Ali, a great point there. It's, it's just playoff caliber team after playoff caliber team. All right. Well, let's take a short break and then Robert and I will be back with our rapid fire round. Stay tuned. All right, everyone, welcome back to Nothing But Locks. Robert, I'm wasting no time right here because we only have a few minutes left. Let's get right into our rapid-fire round. We got the London game, Falcons and Jaguars. What do we got for the odds here? That's right, exactly. This one's the earliest one on the board for us. Jacksonville Jaguars, a three-point favorite in Wembley Stadium, the total 43. So I was one. I thought that the the Jaguars were overhyped coming into the year. I know they had that miraculous comeback against the Chargers in the playoffs last season, but I'm still not buying this team. This is a team that won in a very bad division, and they still needed a Joshua Dobbs fumble at the end of the last game of the season to make the playoffs. I am going on your train. I do think the Falcons are an underrated team, minus their quarterback. I think they run the ball very good this week against Jacksonville, and I think they cover the spread. How about you? I agree with you exactly. At Atlanta, kind of at this point, knows who they are and how, what kind of steps they need to take to win. And it's going to be an awful lot of rushing attack from different positions. Uh, definitely like the Falcons here catching three as well. All right, let's move on to the next game. Rams and Colts. What do we got here? Yeah, this one was a weird one as I really had to toy around with which way I was going to start out the questionable Anthony Richardson for the Colts. However, here we are. It's now Sunday. The game's pick them and the total 46 alley. I like the Rams right here. I'm still not buying Anthony Richardson. I know he did have a good first game of the season. I actually think they might be better off if they had Gardner Minshew starting, giving Anthony Richardson another week off. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I know they just lost to the Bengals on Monday night. But this is a team that is well coached by Sean McVay. I think this is a game between two bad teams. I don't. I, I know Indy's as look impressive, but I'm still not buying them. So I'm going to go with the Rams here. How about you, Robert? Actually, I'd like to take the Colts here uh, for multiple reasons. One, uh, they definitely are a little bit better positioned with Richardson at quarterback. Uh, And two, uh, well, I need the Colts to have a better season than the uh, Houston Texans. Uh, It's a little side bet that you and I still have. So, (laughs) So, is is looking very good. (laughs) That's a little selfish pick there for me. I'm taking the Colts here as a pick them. All right. Vikings Panthers. What do we got? Yeah, exactly right. So this one, actually, man, it's are the Vikings the 
best 0-3 team in the history of the NFL at this uh, point? I don't think they're that good. I really don't. <laughs> that being said, okay, Vikings on the road in Carolina. Four-point favorite this morning, totals 46 and a half. Do we know and Bryce Young is playing for the Panthers? I actually think that they should have kept Andy Dalton in. Bryce Young has not looked good since he's come into this league. However, they he gets his easy task this week against a really bad Vikings defense. I don't think they win, but I at least think they keep it close and cover. I'm going to go with the Panthers to cover. How about you, Robert? I definitely think that that's the right side as well. I, I if you give Andy Dalton some more time. I think they probably have a better result, especially with he looked like a pretty good connection with Thielen. I don't think that, honestly, what we're looking at right now is the right matchup at this time. I think the Vikings right the ship and cover the spread. All right. What about the uh, Bucks and the Saints, Robert? Tampa Bay Bucks and the Saints here. This is one that I also had to really pause because uh, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, looks like it's definitely Winston this morning because – uh, of the injury that Carr had, you know, in his last week, Saints three and a half at home, and the total thirty nine and a half. I would not. I, I don't like Derek Carr, and I like Jameis Winston even less. This one's a no brainer for me. I'm taking the Bucks with the points. I think the Bucks are a better team. I actually was kind of shocked that what the spread was. I'm going with the Bucks here, Robert. How about you? Three and a half, absolutely right. Uh, I, I can't disagree with you here either. Uh, to catch that many points. You're, I know, yes, obviously the Saints are at home, different kind of a matchup that Tampa Bay has to deal with. But uh, interdivision game, catching more than a field goal, I'm going to be with you on this one too. All right, the battle of the uglies, Broncos and Bears, Robert, what do we got? <laughs> My God, someone has to win, don't they? <laughs> the Denver Broncos oh, opened up as a, as a very short favorite. Uh, here we are this morning, the Denver Broncos, uh, three-point favorite, the total's 46. After a team that just let up 70 points to another NFL team, why are the Broncos favored in this one? Is it still because of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton? No way am I laying three and a half points on the road with a team that just lost by 50 points. Terrible team. I'm not betting it. Well, terrible teams. I'm not betting this one. But I have to say I'll take points with the worser, with the lesser of the evils. <laughs> How about you, Robert? Sure, yeah. I guess when you have to find the least worst of, I'll take the points as well on this one. All right, moving on. Let's see, what do we got next? Commanders and Eagles, Robert, what do, what do we got? Okay, so this one's another division game that I really think that we'll find ourselves wondering, eh, you know what, maybe Washington, as, as good as we thought that they were going to be coming into the season, not nearly the caliber of what they're facing here in Philadelphia. Eagles almost double digits here. Nine-point favorite in the totals, 43. Ugh, this one I'm struggling with. I, I just hate the Eagles so much. <laughs> but I, I do like Washington's defense. I think that Sam Howell is the problem. I think that at least they keep it closer back to recover. What about you? Actually, it's a great point. Uh, I never thought about it. And they really have hitched their wagons to Howell, haven't they? Uh, nine is an awful lot of points. I would probably think that they do keep things a little bit closer than Tampa did. Uh, you know, when the Eagles played them, uh, I'll take the nine here as well. We're agreeing a lot here on this yeah, rapid we, fire. We are. All right. Steelers, <laughs> Steelers, Texans, next one up. What do we got? All right, the Steelers and the Texans here in uh, a matchup of a, a pair of teams that have kind of been surprising here. Steelers on the road, a three-point favorite, the total 42 and a half. I love what I saw out of C.J. Stroud last week. I think that the Steelers are very lucky to be two and one. They face teams that 
they should have lost to the Browns. I thought they, I didn't think they were that impressive versus the Raiders. Texans, on the other hand, this is my team that I've said that they're going to be improving all year. They looked very good this past weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I am going with the Texans with, and the points here, Robert. How about you? Allie, a box of wine is on the line here. I have to take the Steelers. Right. <laughs> I'm laying I'm laying the three only because I need the Texans to not have a better season than the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you, I'll give you that one. No, I, I do like C.J. Stroud. I actually was surprised when the Panthers did draft Bryce Young over Stroud. I never was high on Bryce Young, especially at Alabama. I don't really like short quarterbacks. Bryce Young looks completely lost. CJ Stroud, at least last weekend, looked like he fit right into the NFL. I think that this Houston's team is growing. I love their coach. I think they made the right hire. I think the defense is improving. And I'm I'm I think they pull off the upset right here. I think they beat the Steelers at home. So all right, Raiders Chargers right here in LA. What are we looking at, Robert? Yeah, the Chargers a five-point favorite here, and the total is 48 and a half. Talk about a team that should not be one and two. The I think if you told anyone that the Chargers were one and two at this point after playing like the Tennessee Titans and hosting Miami at home before, you know, we knew how big Miami was, I think everyone would have been shocked, but they have a bad head coach. Nevertheless, the Raiders have, in my opinion, a wor- a, a, a worst head coach in Josh McDaniels. I This has to be his last head coaching job. I just don't understand his coaching style. Anyway, I, the Chargers are just a superior team offensively. I know they lost Mike Williams, but they have plenty right. of on offense. I'm going to go with the chart. Uh, it's a lot of points to lay against two division rivals, but I'm going to lay the points, Robert. How about you? Yeah, and, I, and the, what I'll do is I'm going to take the points here only because I still don't think that You're Eckler... You're taking the points with the team that I must am... not be main? <laughs> These chapters keep coming back, don't they? Give me the points. I'm not going to say that this team is going to win. I'll take the points here only because I am not confident that Eckler's 100%. Uh, and the drop-off is significant down to Kelly. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the points and hope that we get a field goal game here. All right. Let's last one to cover. We have the Cardinals surprised. They beat Dallas last weekend against who I think is the best team in the league, even though Miami has been turning heads. But that's the 49ers. Robert, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so, so many points here. The Niners, two touchdown favorite. 14 points, the favorite. The total is 44, Allie. I hate laying double-digit points. I have no problem doing it right here, especially after Arizona pulled off that upset last week. They're still one of the three worst teams in the league right now. The Niners, I just think I think they are up by halftime big, and they don't look back. I'm going to lay the points. It's a lot to lay. But the Niners, they just have looked so good on. De- I think they their defense. I don't know if Arizona scores in this game, so I will have no problems laying fourteen points. How about you, Robert? Hey, thank you so much, actually, for breaking it down exactly that way. That's how I break down a game. How many points can each team score individually? And you're right. I have a very difficult time seeing the Cardinals breaking into double digit territory, and in, in, as far as points are concerned. With that being said. It'll be tough for them to cover that number, but I definitely like under the 44 points. Totally agree with you there. All right, everyone. Well, we are out of time. I hope everyone enjoys their football Sunday. And Robert, before we sign off, any last words or thoughts for the audience? Uh, no, again, thank you so much for joining us again this morning. And can find all these numbers plus plenty of props all the way through the weekend and beyond right at zensports.com.
All right, everyone. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.